Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, good morning. Good morning, church. It is, again, an honor to stand before you to bring the word. And again, I, I do... Uh, I may sound like a broken record, but I do want to thank Pastor Jordan and Suzanne just for the honor and privilege in a serious time like this to be able to speak to our house. So I'm grateful for that. So finally, after a couple weeks of putting this graphic and this advertisement out there that I was going to share this word with you called The Struggle is Real, we're actually going to do it today. So um, the struggle is real. It's a familiar phrase, right? Everybody, especially when we kind of joke about like first world problems, it's a familiar phrase. You know, we kind of use this phrase um, not always because we really want to talk about a struggle. It's kind of something that's really not that big a deal. and We kind of want to diminish it. So we're like, yeah, in a line at Publix with five people was hoping for the express lane. The struggle is real. And nobody really buys in to actually think that's a difficulty, right? It's just something that we kind of diminish. This morning, when I come, as I come to you, I want to help you realize that sometimes we've actually taken a phrase like that and a thought process like that, and we've applied it to our spiritual life, so we actually haven't taken seriously the real battles and the real struggles that do come before us, and we've kind of diminished them and not realized the seriousness of those battles that we do face, because there really is an actual struggle and there really is an actual battle, and it's whether or not we're going to engage it correctly. It is going to determine what we look like to the world and what we actually, how we overcome in the world around us. Um, so this morning, I want to take this time and encourage you that there is a very real struggle and a very real battle. And the enemy would love for us to come and take it lightly. The enemy would love for us to kind of blow it off business as usual and not really take it as that big of a deal. The enemy would love for us to not really see what's below the surface when we're dealing with a thing, when we're dealing with a situation, when we're dealing with a sickness, when we're dealing with depression, when we're dealing with anxiety, frustration, fear like our society is right now. The enemy would like for us to not take it serious or to think that somehow the solution was found strictly in the natural world. But I'm here this morning to tell you that it is not found strictly in the natural world, but it's found as we engage this battle correctly by the spirit, which is what we're called to do. So let's go to the word. Second Corinthians chapter 10. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And um, I hope it becomes one of yours if it isn't already, because it speaks of the battle that we're called to and how we can be victorious. So starting with verse three, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Lord, once again, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for your word, and I want to thank you, Lord, I, 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 for the church today. I want to say thank you for technology today. Lord, we are here connected. Those who can't physically gather together are connected through these broadcasts that we have all over the world, these live streams that are taking place, Lord. And the church is gathering, God, because we're not going to disobey your word, which is that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. However that looks, in whatever season it looks like, God, I thank you for the chance we have today. And now I just speak over this word. Let it be a blessing. 
and not just a blessing of somebody clapping their hands and saying good word, but let it be life changing for every person who hears it today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So how do we face the struggles or the battles in our lives? That's, that's really the question in all this. When we talk about this idea of the fact that there is a real struggle, there is a real battle, how do we face those things? The question of that is of paramount importance for us, especially today. And so the first thing I want to say to you is to do this. It seems like it might be just obvious, but I want you to remember this, to realize that our battle is spiritual. Whatever battle that is, realize it is spiritual. If you're dealing with that person in front of you, the deeper battle is a spiritual issue. It's not just, eh, I don't like the way she does that, or I don't like the way he looked at me, or he made me mad when he said this. The deeper battle is spiritual. You might be struggling through some situation in your family, at your workplace. The deeper battle is spiritual, always. And when we realize that, the enemy is very concerned because then he's like, dang, then they know what's up now. They're gonna actually be successful because he knows if we'll engage it that way, we're going to win and we're going to be successful. If we don't, there's a very good likelihood that we will not. And so I'm encouraging you today, realize the battle is spiritual. So let's go back to that passage again, verses three and four in particular. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So let's focus on that word for a second. I want to focus on that word strongholds for a second. Most of us know that's a military term, but we haven't really looked at what does that mean. So militarily, right? And again, Paul's giving us this, this, this warfare imagery. Militarily, the stronghold, right? A stronghold is a defensive or a fortified structure, okay? So if we have a certain area, you guys, anybody who's a history buff knows about different wars that have taken place and certain strongholds or certain fortified locations that had to be taken in order for the battle to be successful. This is what Paul's reminding us to deal with. Now, let's, let's take it and let's get practical in our lives. In our lives, what does a stronghold look like? Obviously, we're not talking about physical territory and having tanks and bombs and whatever other weaponry we might need. What, what does that mean in our lives? Because obviously, there's, a, there's an application for it. In our lives, strongholds are really exemplified in this in two ways. Wrong thinking and wrong behavior. That's not popular today. Can I get real with you? That's not real popular today because they just, hey, man, you do you. Your truth is good. I would encourage you again, I said it a few weeks ago, there is no your truth. I might not get a lot of likes and shares and whatever else is off of that, but there is no your truth. There's his truth. And you either say, I don't, I, I don't want that, I don't like that, it doesn't really make me feel good, or you say, yes, I submit to it and I receive it. But there is no readjustment of what the word of God has to say in order that it's more palatable for me. Or to make it fit my situation a little better. Now, God is so big and amazing and vast in who he is, he can reach you right where you are. He can take his word and apply it right to your life, but he doesn't change who he is. If so, the gospel we preach is not true. If so, the word of God that we believe is not one to be believed. So let me encourage you today that that is the deal. It is about the truth of who he is, right? And then when we look about those things of strongholds in our lives, it's wrong thinking, it's wrong behavior. That's how it's really shown. And here's an encouragement for you today. One of the things that we find in our lives is areas that we have an openness to something that is not godly, that is not line up with his word, that is not what he says for our lives. 
those areas actually are the very places in which strongholds can develop. It will become fortified. The problem for us is it just becomes fortified in the work of the enemy and not in the work of the spirit. You ever wonder why it takes the longer you live in, in, in a certain life or in a certain thought process or just something I've done? What's our, our excuse a lot of times? That's just the way I've always done it. That's just me. That's just how I've always thought about it. That's how my mama did it. That's how my daddy did it. Well, you know, when I was 14, we started doing it that way, and I didn't see any reason to change. Stronghold. And sometimes we're quick, man, and we want to get like the rally up the prayer circle and, and yell at the devil. Sometimes the stronghold is just the fact that you've allowed that thing to take root in your life. And now you probably do need the prayer circle, to be quite honest with you. You do need that group to line up with you and lock arms because now we got to declare, as the word tells us, the tearing down of that stronghold because it is just that. It is fortified and it's strong in your life. That's why the beauty of what the word of God wants to do in our life is in Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Because the word of God's come into us and changed this way that we think. Rather than us saying, no, 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 no. You can't change that. That's my truth, man. And God's looking at you like, come on, man, really? Well, I mean, maybe he doesn't say it that way. But basically, he's like, if you would receive what I have for you, it's way better than this way you've thought of things or this way that you're viewing this particular situation. So we got to realize that's where those strongholds develop, okay, in our thinking. Second thing, the spiritual battle, the spiritual battle is won by our decision to submit to Christ. The spiritual battle is won by our decision to submit to Christ. However many prayers we pray and however many people we lock arms with, however many people encourage and build us up and vice versa, if we have no decision to submit to what he has for us, your prospect for victory is certainly not good. Actually, I would give you your prospect for victory is guaranteed to be a no-go. It's a non-starter. It says Jesus is Lord for a reason. Lord for a reason. So we come and say, Lord, what is it that you're saying in this situation? How is it that you have me operate in this situation? I know right now, I think the struggle is real in the physical and I would like to punch him or her in the face. In the natural man. <laughs> what do you say? How do you have me respond? How do you have me engage that situation? So let's go to verse five. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. I love that. See, sometimes we forget the beauty of who God has called us to be. He lets us engage in what he's doing. He lets us take hold and, and be a part of that process of that battle. So it says, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's verse five. Memorize it, write it down, put it in your phone, whatever. That is one of our biggest struggles as believers in our lives is taking every thought captive and turning it to obey Christ. Why was that said? Because God knew that in 2020, we'd be in here struggling for our own minds to say, what is it I'm going to believe? 
What is it I'm going to receive? How is it I'm going to interact with whatever situation or believe about this relationship I need to deal with or this financial situation or circumstance? What is it that I, I am going to do with regard to that? He knew that we would have to take those thoughts captive, turn them towards the obedience of Christ. Not that it was just going to be a cakewalk and it would all be easy, but we would actually need to come into that place where we're destroying those arguments, destroying, put aside lofty opinions that would try to come against the knowledge of God, which should be the highest thing, who he is. And then as we do that, we're taking every thought captive and turning it to obey Christ. And we're looking to him. So listen to this. We impact the formation of freedom in our lives and in the lives of others by our obedience or disobedience to the word of God, written or spoken. We impact the formation of those fruits and Jesus wants us to bear good fruit and he says what? That your fruit would remain. So what he wants us to do is bear that good fruit, like I said, but we impact that formation whether or not we obey or disobey the word of God and that's written and it's spoken. Some of us today, I wanna encourage you, you are very strongly beholden to the written word of God, but God wants to speak some things to you clearly today by his Holy Spirit. Open your ears, turn your stuff off. Lord, what are you trying to say? Some of you have turned to another side of it and said, oh, I can only just hear God and I don't look to his written word. Listen, the two work hand in hand, trust me. Well, you know, don't trust me, trust him. (laughs) Honestly, trust him. Proverbs 3, okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. So realize, man, there's the written word and there's the spoken word. The two come together beautifully and that's what God wants us to embrace. And disobedience to either one is problematic for you. I'm gonna go ahead and promise you that one today. I will guarantee you that one. It will be problematic, disobedience to either one of those. I'd give you a strong suggestion. You ought to receive them both. Receive what he's saying to you. Receive what was already written and receive what he's speaking to you fresh today because it'll bring life to you and it'll help you be an overcomer in those areas of your lives. Listen to this. I got a one-liner for you. Hopefully this will be a good one. It might be a t-shirt one day. Hey, side hustle for somebody. You can only accomplish your assignment when you come into alignment. You can only accomplish your assignment when you come into alignment. And don't get it twisted. That's not just because you got five friends to agree with you on whatever side of, you know, whatever your truth was that you wanted to figure out. Don't figure because you got five people to agree. You want to get in agreement with God. I'm going to say it again. Don't just think because you found enough people to agree with you that that was what the real deal was. Come into agreement with God. Truth be told, man, the way up is the way down. Humble yourself and surrender to him. And that is a great place because we realize, man, the devil has nothing. If we're talking about my daddy, father of creation, standing there, I'm not fighting that by myself. Why would I? I am not that stupid. I have been stupid at times in my life, but I am not that dumb to think now I'm going to take on every force of hell when I have access to the father of all to the work of the cross of Jesus, why would I not appropriate that and say, no, I'm standing in his victory. I'm standing in what he's done. And so I'm gonna line up with that because then I can accomplish the assignment God has for me. That's where I'll accomplish my assignment is when I come into alignment with what he has. So 
as we think about this whole thing of the, of the battle, right? We realize our battle is spiritual. We realize that the way to win that battle is by coming into alignment with Jesus, coming into alignment with, with, with the word of God and agreeing with him. I want to go practically over to Ephesians chapter 6. Most of you, if you've been saved for any amount of time, you're going to recognize this passage of scripture. It's talking about the weapons of our warfare, right? And so it reiterates some of what's shared there in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And now it gives us this armor, right? Every little kid who's been to like a children's church, you got the helmet, you got the salvation. And my kids used to have a little armor suit they wore, and they had the big soldier on the wall and stuff, the armor of God. But let's look through this, and I want to zero in on one weapon today, which is what I want us to really spend some time on and hopefully leave you with something practical that you can take out today. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Everybody said amen. High five. Your mama, your daddy, your son, your daughter, everybody's in the living room. High five them all. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation. And here's where I'm going to focus on this passage today. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Look at your children, tell them the sword of the spirit is the word of God. If you're all by yourself, just say it out into the air. I'm good. I say this all the time. I'm good conversation, so I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Here's a, here's a key that I want you to realize as you look at that. Sometimes we gloss right over it. The sword of the spirit is our only offensive weapon. It's our only offensive weapon. Pastor has a big Big sword in his office. I was going to use that, but I was a little scared to have to hold it the whole time because it's pretty big. It's, it's, it's a, you guys have seen him preach with it before. Um, but that sword, it's our only offensive weapon. And the thing about it is this, it's a double-edged sword. So we're going to slide over into another passage of scripture here and, and realize something about that sword which you've been given. It's a powerful weapon. And again, it's your only offensive weapon. And Hebrews 4 verse 12 gives us some really good instruction about that word if we look just below the surface. It says this, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And some of us wish sometimes that part would have been left off that scripture, <laughs> but it's not. And all of it's good for us to receive. So that sword is a double-edged or a two-edged sword. The cool thing about that is if you'll take that passage and then you take this idea of double-edged sword and you go back into the original language, if you take it into the Greek, it says this, 
the, this word, distomas, is the word that's there. Uh, okay, he's, he's going into a Greek lesson. Follow me. Stay with me. Distomas actually means double mouth, as in like having a double mouth of a river, okay, of a river. It then also gets applied to things like weaponry, okay, we're talking about this language, as having a double edge, okay? So again, we have this idea. I want to keep both ideas in play. A double mouth as of a river, and it also gets applied to weaponry, as in a weapon that's sharp on all sides, right? A very powerful weapon. So those two things I want you to consider as we look at this in the idea of distomas. And there's two things we want to look at when we see that and that are incredibly applicable for you. Please don't miss it. Sit up on the edge of your couch. Put your pancakes aside if you have them for a moment. I'd probably be eating pancakes also. I'm just being real with you. But focus here with me on this. A double-edged sword of that sharpness, and it says the word is even sharper than the most sharp double-edged sword. Here's the truth. It cuts at every point. I'm going to say it again for you. It cuts at every point. Meaning when you allow the word of God in, there is no non-impact to it. If you allow it in, there is no place it's going to non-impact. The word of God will touch every area of your life. The word of God will speak into every area of your life. The word will cut away. You ever wonder why that scripture says it as it does? Listen to it again. Piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. If you look in that scripture, what that scripture is actually saying there is it's cutting through in every area. Spirit, soul, body, natural realm. It's cutting into every area. That's the kind of sore we have. It wasn't just language that Paul used to just say, yeah, you know, this kind of sounded good. It literally is impactful at every sphere of our existence. In the spirit man, in the soulish man, and then in the physical realities we live out. The word of God cuts in all of those places. Don't limit it, but receive it for the double-edged sword that it is coming into your space. So if you got an issue in your mind, you need the sword of the spirit to come in. If you have an issue in your physical body, you need the sword of the spirit to come in. If you got an issue of preference in a certain way you might want to do something, the sword of the spirit needs to come in. If you've got a challenge in a relationship, the sword of the spirit needs to come in. Why? Because it cuts at every point. I don't want a sword that's only got sharpness on one side for that type of battle. I want one that's cutting in every single way possible. And that's what the sword of the spirit does. Do not limit God's word. I'm, today, man, I'm telling you, there's some of us, we've said, God, you can come in here, but you can't come in here. And that's why we wonder why we're not having victory. God, you could come in like this far, but not to there. And I want to encourage you today, lift your hands and surrender wherever it is you need to surrender because you need the double-edged sword to come in and cut at every point. The second thing is this. The word of God is spoken to you and the word of God is spoken through you. Remember I said I was going to talk about both things. We got the double-edged sword. But go back to the original, the double mouth as a double mouth of a river. There's a double mouth in essence to the word of God. Wait a minute, God's not double-minded. No, he's not. 
His truth is the core of it. But what happens? There's a mouth that speaks the word to you and then your mouth needs to open to speak that word in agreement. I'm gonna say it again because some of y'all missed it. It's worth all your tithe offerings or whatever other donations you got today. I'm just being real with you. There's a double mouth to the word of God. There's a word that's spoken to you and then there's a word that's spoken through you. So today then I come to this word and the word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. There's a word coming to you right now, but now today at your house, you're gonna have to take that word. And what are you gonna do? I agree with your word, Lord. I declare, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him and he directs my paths. Double mouth, double mouth. Not double-minded, but double mouth. It's been a declaration made twice because it's come to me and then it's come through me. And that's the fullness of the expression of that battle, being one in our lives because I say, God, I receive it. I declare it, I believe it, and I turn to obey it. That's what's happening when you come and receive that word. I hear it, it's, I'm, I'm receiving it, but I'm declaring I believe it, and then I'm gonna obey it. And that's what I wanna encourage us in today, is the sword of the spirit, as we realize the struggle is real, the battle is real, the challenges we face are real. God's word is there. And that's the essence of how we win that battle, is in us coming to agreement with what he says. You may need to spend two hours in prayer in order to come to a place of what? God, I agree with what you say. Or you may need to have a friend speak a word to you, which is difficult to hear, to come into agreement with, God, I agree with what you say. Or you may need to go into the word. I had a friend who was going through a health battle years ago and the Lord said, go through my word, the entirety of all the books and look at what my word says about this one thing. And he went through that thing for like two years. Why? The Lord was like, come into agreement with what I say. I'm not coercing you. I'm not strong arming you. But I want you to receive everything I have for you. That's what he's saying today. I want you to hear what I want you to hear today. I want you to realize that though the struggle is real, my victory is even more real. Though the battle is difficult and challenging, I've already won and said, here's a place for you. Here's a seat for you. You know, it's interesting because we kind of live in a generation today where um, there's moments where the whole quote unquote, everybody gets a trophy thing is a little challenging, right? <laughs> but in the kingdom, Everybody legitimately gets a trophy because it's been provided by Jesus. But how does that come? Because we've surrendered. Because we've turned and said, you know what? I'm gonna surrender to you and walk in your ways all the days of my life. So it's not for nothing. It's because we've come and received what he has said. It's because we've come and said, God, I believe you. I've come. And I've chosen not to stop the word being just one statement, but it being a second statement, that double mouth, second statement of me saying, I receive, I believe it. I'm choosing that the word of God is going to bring fruit in my life today. I'm choosing that I'm going to see victory in my life today. And so I want to speak to you today and just declare wherever you are, God's desire for you is victory in your situation. 
It might not turn out exactly like you thought it would. You might have drew up the, the, the playbook a little bit differently. But victory is yours in Christ if you will choose to receive it. And so I want to pray with you this morning in two areas. I want to pray for the believers today that you realize that in Christ, there is a life of victory for you. That though the struggle might be real and the battle might be real, victory is yours in him. And then for the one who's listening today who is not sure where you are in your faith in him or you just don't know him at all. And we're glad you even took the time to sit down and be with us today. There is a victory in a place of salvation that Jesus has already paid for by the work of the cross. And so I'm going to pray with both groups today, wherever you are. And that's your faith. Lift your hand. You're right there in a room, in an office, in a living room, wherever. Lift a hand and we're going to pray together first as believers. And then I'm going to pray with anyone who wants to receive Jesus today. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your loving kindness. And God, I thank you that though the battles we face are real, the struggles we face are real, you are the one who has been victorious and then provided a place for us to enjoy and appropriate and relish in that victory. And so I speak strength over every believer today, God. Though they battle fear, though they battle anxiety, though they battle situations and relationships and finances and concerns and future thoughts, God, I thank you that greater are you who is in them than he who is in the world. I declare over them, God, that they can trust in you. God, that we as your children can trust in you with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge you in every way and know that you direct our paths. And now, Father, we as believers join and pray with those who would like to receive the work of the cross of Jesus to become sons and daughters of God. The word says this, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And I want to pray with as many as want to receive that today. Put a hand on your heart, lift your hand, whatever your act of faith will be. But we're going to pray this together. Follow, follow me in this prayer if this is you today. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for the work of your cross. I know that sin separated me from you. And I know that my life without you is not where it's supposed to be. And I know these very real struggles are in front of me, but I know that you have the victory. And God, where I don't fully know it or don't fully understand it, I pray, help me over time to understand it. And so today I choose to receive what Jesus did for me. I, Jesus, I thank you that you are my Lord and that you are my Savior. And I also thank you that in the days ahead, you're going to teach me and show me what all of that means for the areas where I don't fully get it. I thank you for the hope. I thank you for the future. And I thank you for the life I have in you. I receive your salvation today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.